Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, friends. How has your day? How has your week been? Hope it's been great. A lot going on in the world. The weather is changing to winter here in the Midwest. But I have a good friend, a good a new friend, I should say. She's a coach, and I'd like you to go ahead and say hello to Valerie Green right now. Hi, Valerie. Hi. So happy to be here. How are you? Are you getting hit with snow in New York? Nope. No snow yet. Thank God. No? Okay. Um, You're good. <laughs> but it is getting colder. Uh-huh. So, Valerie, I am really glad to have you here. I'm going to go ahead and brag about you for a little bit. If you just want to sit back and put your feet up for a second. <laughs> right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Uh, Valerie is a unique relationship mentor. Uh, Valerie, I know you've helped couples stop fighting and help them to fall in love again. Uh, you also teach women to inspire men to deeper love and intimacy with your highly successful alternative to relationship therapy. You help couples create a secure emotional connection, not just problem-solving or communication skills. When couples feel like teammates again, win-win solutions are easy to create, and the right decisions for each person couple become obvious, according to Valerie. From this connected place, you guide couples in creating an inspiring vision, purpose for their relationship, nurturing love and intimacy, and using relationships as a vehicle for personal and spiritual growth. That's awesome. This show is all about emotional intelligence and internal growth. I'm going to tell a little bit about your certificates, too. You hold many certificates in coaching, neurolinguistic neurolinguistic programming, and emotional healing. And I've led workshops and retreats, create educational videos for couples and women, and have a 12-week program where you guide either one or both partners to reignite their love and experience intimacy and passion again. Very awesome. So, Valerie, tell me how this journey came to be for you. Great. Thanks so much for asking. Um, it, uh, it's been a passion of mine. Um, pretty much, you know, our, our passion comes from our biggest wound. So I think um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, as a kid, I grew up in, you know, pretty pretty privileged upper middle class circumstances, but I was really um, guided by my by my culture and my dad, who was a, an engineer, to just sort of focus on the bright side uh, of things. And I wasn't really um, able to, I just sort of pretended like everything was fine all the time. And then I didn't really develop that much emotional intelligence. I was just kind of, um, you know, focusing on what I wanted instead of dwelling on what I don't want, which is, is great when that works, um, right? But then when it didn't work, I didn't know what to do with my emotions, so I pretty much suppressed them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for many years in my relationships in my twenties, I would sweep conflict under the rug and then, you know, eventually wind up like getting fed up and then criticizing my partner, snapping at him or, or just not being able to, um, hold space for his feelings. So I bet a lot of people Mm -hmm. can relate to that, you know, in their twenties. I mean, I I remember the boyfriend I had in, yeah, exactly. Um, like I remember the boyfriend I had in my twenties, um, I think one time, and this is really embarrassing, he said something like, you hurt my feelings. And I responded by saying like, something like, I can't cause you to feel anything. It's your thoughts that cause you to feel hurt. And so of course that just hurt his feelings more. Um, <laughs> and, you know, cause I just didn't it, know it, you how know, to feel so my feelings. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, exactly. And I mean, you know, unfortunately, I think a lot of us in a personal growth path um, aren't really taught how to feel our feelings. Yeah, Um, it's amazing. It really is amazing. And that's the whole point of this show as well and why you are such a great addition because, and I say this all the time, 80% of our success in life comes from our social skills. But that's mm-hmm. not taught. You know, it's kind of the sink or swim, live and learn method. That's the way we operate right now. And yet so many of us learn things along the way that if we aggregate our knowledge together, that not each and every one of us has to sink or swim all the time. It, it just really seems to me like there's so much more that we can teach at a younger age so that, you know, you came from a background, it sounds like, that, most observers from the outside would say, well, you had a good life, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh-huh. I'm not yeah. um, disagreeing with that. I certainly did, and I do now right. as well. Um, right. So, yeah, it felt like something was missing on the inside, you know, like, and I didn't right. really know what it was um, until, um, thankfully, and about 15 years ago, I really started studying um um, I was I was just okay. I'm going to study whatever I can in order to learn how to feel my feelings and, and communicate and have a, a deeply committed relationship. Um, and so that really took years of trial and error. And I studied many different emotional healing and communication tools. And in, in addition to doing my first coaching training about 10 or 11 years ago. And so I really used those tools in the trenches in my relationships, and then with my coaching clients for the past 10 years. And so now I can finally say, fast forward 10 years after years of trial and error, which what I want to do is just really streamline the process for others, you know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to take 10 years for them. That's right. (laughs) Um, So now I can finally say that I've been, yeah, and now my, my relationship just feels blissful and when we do have conflict we're really able to just recognize oh wow there's something that we can learn here about each other's needs or about Mm -hmm. how to help each other feel these feelings 
and we make the space and time for that. And, you know, we've learned how to streamline the process so that it takes like, you know, an hour instead of like the days that it used to take, you know, back when I didn't have right. these skills. Um, right. And we can, you That's... know, give each other the emotional support and the, and the intimacy and, and still keep the passion alive um, and have that be transformed into a deeper level of intimacy and connection. Yeah, because you develop those skills in yourself, and not only only in yourself, you're now to a point where you can share those with others, which is awesome, because they aren't things that we're taught in school, and yet they're skills that we need and use throughout all of life, so I'm really happy that you're here to share all that you've learned and all that you teach to others with us. So go on into it a little bit deeper, what what do you wish that other people knew and what what are you what's the real message and the points that you're trying to get out with the work you do yeah I'd say the biggest mindset shift that I share with my clients is that conflict isn't something to be avoided Um, Mm -hmm. and we just it's what conflict means is that there's uh, a deeper thing that you can discover about what's important to your partner and their emotional needs and values and, you know, it might seem to conflict on the surface, but mm-hmm. um, once you actually dig deeper into those needs and values, it's an opportunity to meet your partner's needs and values in a bigger way and to grow closer. So if you avoid the conflict, you never get to feel that sense of, of closeness that you can feel on a really deep level when you become a detective and you, and you dig deeper into what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Do you see a lot of people, Valerie, who go so far to avoid conflict that that maybe just kind of bury some important growth that the couple can have together because they just so don't want to experience any kind of conflict? Well, exactly. And I mean, I think what happens when we bury our emotions is we all have different avoidance strategies to not feel our feelings, right? And some of them can be unhealthy, like uh, addictions, um, or some of them can seem on the surface like they're healthy, like we just really focus on our work a lot. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe we put all our energy into our kids, or, you know, maybe we have lots of hobbies or volunteer work or whatever it is that we do that keeps us um, feeling our feelings. Um, Mm -hmm. And like I said, some of those can be really positive things. Um, But then what I see happening a lot of times with couples like that is then they'll just grow apart and then they'll feel like there are two ships passing in a night and because they're not really connecting on a really deep passionate emotional level anymore, um, then they kind of feel like they're bored or the, or the passion's gone or they're not, you know, they're like kind of living like roommates because they're not really digging right. into the closeness and the intimacy that you can get. And, and then it's like when they try to talk about it, it's been building up for so long that it inevitably talks into a, turns into a fight because they've been building up this resentment rather than dealing with it, you know, when it first starts to feel... Um, like a like a little annoyance. Now it's like a, a a big resentment that's grown over time. Yes, it just grows, doesn't it? If you bury it, it becomes a hundred times bigger than it was to begin with. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Just little annoyances become so much bigger if you don't just go ahead and and deal with them head on. And it's a shame because I think that you know couples who really love each other and then they wake up one day and it's like. Boy, we're, like you said, two ships in the night, and um, it was just didn't need to be. 
So I know that you have identified three mistakes that couples make and kind of lead them to fighting. I'm anxious to hear your your top three that you have identified. Yeah, and thank you. And, uh, you know, of course, there's there's many variations of this. Um, but what I've identified is, is mistakes that couples are making when they try to talk about the issue. So now we know it's important to talk about it, right? So here's the mistakes I see them making when they, when they try to bring up that minor annoyance. Um, that makes it lead to, you know, it's an argument. So the first mistake that I see them make is that they will blame or criticize their partner for the problem. So I'm going to bring it up and I'm going to say something like, you know, the classic example of, well, you never take out the garbage. But, you know, it just seems like you just don't care. What's wrong with you that you don't notice it, right? Mm-hmm. And and if, especially if it's something that has happened over and over again, it totally makes sense that, you know, eventually get fed up and just express it like that. Um, but, of course, if that's what's going on, then the other person is going to feel put on the defensive, and then they're less likely to actually, you know, notice the garbage and take it out in the future because um, then they're just sort of digging their heels in because they're reacting to feeling criticized and made wrong. Yeah, then I it get, then it becomes an issue entirely different than the trash being taken out, doesn't it? Then it's an issue of defenses and blame and guilt and shame. And <laughs> the, the trash is, becomes a minor issue at that point, doesn't it? Right, right, exactly. I mean, although yeah. it's like what tends to happen when couples get into this cycle where one partner is criticizing and the other one is feeling defensive is that you know, you get annoyed over these little things and then you're looking at it like, why am I so annoyed over this little thing? And it's because it's not really about the thing. It's about, you know, the um, the the lack of the emotional safety uh, in mm-hmm. in the communication itself because then they feel blamed and criticized. And, uh-huh. you know, they feel like, oh, then the other person feels like, oh, I can never do anything right. And, um, you know, then it's like, what's the point of doing things for the person anyway? All right, sure. Very good uh, Good point, though. So, okay, so do you want to talk about all three mistakes and then have a remedy, or do you do one at a time? Do you have a remedy sure, for this one thing? Because I think they're sort of, um, okay. they're variations of the same issue of uh, a lack of uh, um, emotional intelligence in the conversation. Um, mm-hmm. which I'm sure that you've, you know, noticed in, in yourself and probably talked about throughout other shows, but here's my sort of unique examples of it. Um, so, mm-hmm. so mistake number two it. is just, it's the, re, it's the obvious reaction to feeling criticized. Um, and this is something that I see all the time too, because when we feel criticized, it makes sense that we're going to um, get defensive. And yet defensiveness is um, the second mistake because what happens when we're being defensive and and looking defensive doesn't have to, it could look a number of different ways, right? It could could look at um, denying responsibility like, well, I didn't mean it that way, so you shouldn't feel hurt, Um, Mm -hmm. which I've certainly done when I didn't know about communication. or you, a counterattack and criticize, you know, such as, well, you didn't do your chores yesterday, so don't get all up on your high horse. Uh-huh. 
Um, and, you know, of course, um, I'm not talking about actual abusive situations in which self-defense is appropriate, um, uh-huh. but in situations when our safety is in question, like the example, which is obviously a simple example about being yelled at for not taking the garbage out, then just you, we all know what happens when we defend ourselves um, and when we get defensive. We all know that that doesn't actually solve the issue. That that just kind of makes the first person feel not heard and not received, and so then it, that's what actually escalates the conflict. And maybe you won't fight about the garbage, but then you'll fight about whatever other little things seem to be not mm-hmm. issues on the surface. Um, I mean, yeah. it seems to be the issue on the surface. But that that brings me into mistake number three that I make, which is. Um, trying to solve the problem on the surface like the garbage. Like, let's say you work it out and they take out the garbage. Like, does that actually solve the problem? Um, uh-huh. You know, because it's not, it's not really about the garbage. It's about the real issue underneath, which I, you know, alluded to in the beginning, because it's about what taking out the garbage means to the first person. It's always about what it means. So this is what it means, you know, putting on your detective hat. So, I like to use the example of, like, imagine your spouse is yelling at you, you're late again. And, you uh-huh. know, you know from the tone in their voice, the conversation is not going to go well. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you, what would you, you do? Would you explain why you were late? This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Yeah, you've played out the whole argument in your head already. You already took point D (laughs) from previous conversations (laughs) before anything's even said. (laughs) yeah exactly or maybe you'd apologize and say it won't happen again or you can say stop nagging or you can just you know quote unquote let it go and then just be like oh everything's all right I mean so whatever you do um what's the big deal yeah Yeah. exactly so anything you do along those lines is going to wind up you know feeling distant from each other Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because, I mean, being late, being on time is important, but only a little bit of the upset is actually about you being on time because the strength of the upside, of the upset is about what being late means to them. Mm-hmm. About the state of yeah. emotional connection between the two of you and about their deeper values. Now, do so, you go into identifying what it really means? What the upset over the trash or the late really means. Exactly. And I think that people just aren't, um, you know, we're just not taught in how to ask those deeper questions and how to really hold an empathic and compassionate space for what goes on underneath the surface when somebody's upset. So if someone's upset and and it seems to be out of proportion, then it's really about one of these deeper needs and values. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, like the other day, I got upset um, at my partner because, um, you know, we're in New York, it's getting colder, and his boiler broke, and um, he needs to borrow my space heater, but my radiator is not um, consistent. 
so I was just, you know, like I was willing to lend him my space heater and that's fine, but he picked it up and he was talking about like how he wasn't going to buy a new one for himself because of X, Y, and Z. And that's fine. Like, I don't care what he does in his space, you know, but I noticed I got really like upset and I was like, I have no idea why I'm upset. And I really tuned into it on a deeper level and I was scared. And I'm like, why am I scared? Like, this doesn't make any sense. You know, and so I'm, you know, of course, I've trained myself in going into these deeper questions. And so I ask myself, and this is something I teach women to do on their own and men, of course. But I feel like um, when I work with women, a lot of times our feelings can can feel overwhelming. And so I have a process that I call emotional mm-hmm. alchemy that teaches us how to get to the bottom of this deeper need and value underneath. And I realized, oh, I'm feeling scared that... Um, because right now we live, um, like, next door to each other. <laughs> That's just the uh-huh. game that we're at in our relationship. Um, so I, and we're talking about moving in together next year. And so, you know, I was like, oh, I have this fear that if we live together that he, that he would do the same thing for me. Like, he wouldn't pay attention to what's important to me. Like, that I, that I would only feel safe and secure if I knew that I'd be warm enough. Like, he can do whatever he wants in his own apartment, so why am I upset about it? And I realized that it was a fear about the future that caused me to be, like, scared. And then I just shared that with him in a really, you know, vulnerable and um, endearing way where I was just like, hey, I just had a fear come up that, you know, when I move in with you that um, it's really important. You know, it's fine if you don't want to get a space heater for your place. But I, I would be scared that then you would you wouldn't buy you wouldn't let us buy one if I moved in with you and then I'd be cold, <laughs> um, and then I wouldn't feel safe. And he's like, "Oh, honey, of course, you know, you'll learn over time that I value your needs and that you know if we live together that your need to be warm would be more important than you know me wanting to save the fifty bucks that week. Like that might be what I want to do for myself, but of course." If we live together, then I would value your needs first. And that just totally put my Aww. fear at ease. And then, Aww. you know, I felt closer to him. And if yes. I hadn't said it, if I hadn't said uh-huh. anything, this is a silly issue, right? It's like, it's silly. Yes. I should just forget about it. But it's like I would have unconsciously held on to the fear, and then I wouldn't know why I didn't feel as close to him. Yeah, that's a beautiful example, Valerie, yes, because what ended up being such a simple thing and ultimately brought you closer, I mean, you could have kept that aside and not been aware enough to identify your feelings and kind of take a step back and just kind of ask yourself what was going on and then and then have the foresight to share that with him when you when you share how you feel instead of accusing or blaming, then then that's sharing part of yourself, like you said, in a vulnerable way and, and being open to someone and sharing who you are and what's going on inside of you, then, you know, th- that's something that someone can't get mad about or feel defensive about. And, um, yeah, and it ultimately brought you closer. It's such a great example for the promotion of communication and and identifying, and, and I know you do so much more than that, but, um, yeah, you got to really identify what's going on with, inside yourself. Right, exactly. I mean, it's really about building that self-awareness, and so many times when we share our feelings, we do it in a way that makes the other person wrong without even meaning to. Yeah, we're just not really right. Taught how to share our feelings, 
how to feel our feelings, how to take responsibility for our feelings, and then how to really um, give ourselves compassion and acceptance for our feelings. Because mm-hmm. if I'm judging my own feelings, then yes, I'm not going to be able to up. communicate it to him. Right. Or like, yeah. if I'm, right, if I'm feeling scared and then I'm making myself wrong for feeling scared, like I shouldn't feel that way, then if I try to mm-hmm. communicate it with him, then I'm going to be like, well, you know, I'm just feeling, I could say the same thing, but because I'm judging myself, I say it because tone of voice really, you know, communicates how you're feeling. Then I, I could wind mm-hmm. up sharing it with him in a way, well, well, I'm scared that when I live with you, you're not going to prioritize my needs. And then he yeah. would take that as an attack just because of the way I'm saying it. And the reason that I'm saying it that way is because mm-hmm. I'm judging my own feelings. You know, so right. that's Even the first the effort to are... really... Yeah, even though the words are the same, you know, mo- same. Like, I think mm-hmm. you probably know the statistics, something like 93% of communication is uh, not what you say, but it's your tone of voice and your body language. Yes, your intent. Uh, I like to think of it as your intent and what you really mean to say, yes. It, it, and it's, yeah, the same words can have several different meanings depending on the tone and, and the true intent of where it's coming from. Yeah, people, I think, tend to get the real intent most of the time. <laughs> right, exactly. The word. <laughs> and a lot of times they're just not aware of the real intent. Like, I, in that case, I'm not, like, I'm not being vindictive. I'm not trying to make him wrong. But it winds up mm-hmm. coming out that way because I'm making myself wrong for feeling scared. Yeah. I mean, in that example. Right. And so, right. I mean, in that, what I, when I work with people, the first thing I teach them how to do is to be able to give themselves empathy and compassion for their own feelings and mm-hmm. then learn how to really identify those deeper needs underneath. Um, so, you know, feeling that example for... Hmm? Feelings are not a bad thing. It's not a negative word. You know, <laughs> feel is a four-letter word, but it's not a bad word. And, you know, so many times I think we try to just block out feelings or, you know, we get afraid of them or they're too much to handle or or something. But uh, it's just such a, I mean, I'm fascinated by, by your story and, and by these simple examples. It seems like a little one, but it's huge the difference that it's making in your life and in the outcome of your relationship. And just from a simple skill that, that really is is not that hard to learn and can be taught fairly easy. You know, you can't act on something. You can't speak French if you've never been taught to speak French. And, and it's not right. you don't have the ability to learn to speak French. It's just that you never taught, you know, you never were taught it. So, yeah, and, you know, what a difference it makes in, in your enjoyment of your relationships are more fulfilling, more enjoyable to both sides, and and relationships certainly spill over into the workplace, too. If things are falling apart at home, it certainly affects your, can affect job performance as well. So it's so important, don't you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know how you feel when you're in the middle of a fight or you're just feeling disconnected from your partner and then, you know, uh-huh. it, it just kind of feels like a weight on you as you go through your day and kind of colors everything from that sense of heaviness and disconnection. Mm-hmm. That's what I've so did you have and, more, and, more to say on solutions for that before we move on? Oh, definitely. I mean, 
what I was going to say is that um, emotional, like the, I, I love what you were saying about it being e- an easily learnable skill. Um, mm-hmm. And in my program, I really break it down into, you know, step one, step two, step three. And it's, it's really, um, it's so important to feel our feelings because if we don't like literally feel our feelings, um, mm-hmm. then, you know, it's sort of like if you imagine um, that you put your hand on a hot stove, what would happen if you couldn't feel your feelings, your physical feelings? Uh-huh. You would you would have very burned up hands. <laughs> <laughs> very exactly. You would never know. So, <laughs> yes. So feelings right. are there to, to tell us a message. And so a, a really, um, it's a skill that just takes practice to learn, but I, I literally, you know, just over time really learned how to just literally feel my feelings as sensations in my body, just like you would feel the pain in your finger if you, you know, touch a hot stove. Um, and really tune into the positive message underneath the feeling because there's some kind of positive message that that feeling wants for us. And so to really be able to ask the feeling, what is the positive message? Because so many of us judge our feelings that we shouldn't feel that way. And then we never really ask that question, what is the positive message? And so, you know, for example, in that easy example with my partner, I, I wanted to feel safe knowing that we would do what I needed to do to feel warm in the winter, you know. And so once I know that that's my positive intention, I can just simply share that and then we can talk about, you know, what it would take for me to feel that way. And if i would never inquired underneath what was the, like, um, I mean, it started out as feeling annoyance, but underneath the annoyance Mm -hmm. was the fear. And if I'd never gone deep enough and I wouldn't have known how to, how to touch that elemental um, desire that I had that was underneath. That's so great, Valerie. So that's like the, so, the simple, you know, formula that I teach for how to feel our feelings is, is really to just stop and breathe and feel them as a sensation in our body, like hot, cold, you know, uh-huh. height, heavy pressure, whatever it is. Because um, if you feel the feeling without, like letting go of the surface story, like it's deeper than the garbage and it's deeper than whatever my judgment was in that moment of him not spending $50 to buy space here for himself. You know, like it's deeper than that. If I get, if you go get out of your mind and out of your judgments and go deeper into feeling the sensation in your body and then just inquire, what am I really wanting here? What is a positive message for me? Um, Perfect. It's a skill that Valerie, has to that's so great. Yeah, of course. Yes, and I I really appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate your work. We've got about 15 seconds left. So how can people, I really do admire your work, and how can people get in touch with you and put into practice what you do? Well, thanks so much. Yeah, I actually have a free video training on my homepage, which is coachvaleriegreen.com. So that's Coach V A L E R I E G R E E N E with an E at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called Three Steps to Stop Fighting and Start Connecting. So in this video training, I share um, basically the the keys to how to turn a fight into a connected conversation, and then I even share a little infographic that you can print out and put on your phone to pull out. That's beautiful, <laughs> Valerie. <laughs> 
<laughs> and your website is on the show information. People can access it there as well. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Valerie. Thanks so much for having me, and, you know, it was really fun. All right. Keep up the good work. Appreciate what you're doing. Take care. All right. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.